everybody. Welcome back to season two of Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and a lot of things in between. Today, we are going to focus on the politics part of the podcast. I'm your host, Loyal Law School professor Jessica Levinson. We are joined by the show's co-host, Joe Armstrong, and we are going to talk about the vice presidential debate. Feels like a lot happened and absolutely at the same time, maybe nothing happened and I'm not sure it moved the electoral needle at all. Joe. Yes, 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 yes. Not much in the way of fireworks at Kingsbury Hall in Salt Lake City, Utah last night. Let's unpack it and then hopefully pack it back up, stick it back under the bed for the next vice presidential (laughs) debate because it seems like in the history of debates, that's something that it doesn't tend to move the needle that terribly much unless you get a Lloyd Benson moment like in the 1988 vice presidential debate with George H.W. Bush at the top of the ticket who would go on to win that election, serve one term. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. And uh, he did become the vice president. He didn't live, uh, didn't live that down very well. But I can say last night, Jessica, I did not frighten my dog as much as I did last time during the presidential debate last Tuesday night with Joe Biden and President Donald Trump. But uh, so my dog's happy. Did you frighten any of your pets last night? <laughs> as you know, I have no pets. I lack enough love in my heart to include a pet in our household. But I am glad that Edie had a much better experience than she did last week. And it was in a lot of ways less maddening than last week because there wasn't the shouting and there was at least an actual conversation. But if you really go back and think about it, I'm not sure there was a ton of there there. And of course, you know, the takeaway is that everything in election 2020 seems to be this Rorschach where you support Democrats and you think Kamala Harris did a great job. You support Republicans and you think, oh, look at Vice President Pence. He really, you know, put in a great performance. And I think You know, there was something for everybody, which basically means, again, I'm not sure it made that much difference for the Electoral College. Yeah, it seems to me, you know, we both watched the same debate, as did everyone else. It seemed like a bit of a draw. Harris's job, like most women in every situation, she had a tightrope to walk. And her job, like just like Pence's job, was to do no harm to the top of their ticket while attacking the top of the other ticket. So Harris, you know, being a woman, being a woman of color, she she threaded that needle pretty well, I think. If you checked with the fact checkers, they said that both of the candidates had, you know, played a little loosey-goosey from time to time. But to me, the most cognitive dissonance came with Mike Pence, even though he's trying to defend the top of his ticket. He he can be a smooth talker, right? He hosted a conservative radio show for the better part of a decade in Indiana, his home state. But... Here's a man who's defending the Trump administration's approach to the coronavirus pandemic as the president himself spent last weekend in a hospital infected with the coronavirus. So, you know, truthiness, as John Stewart would say, was a little little lacking. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think it was a draw. I really did think that Senator Kamala Harris came out ahead. And in part because if you listen to what Vice President Pence was saying, so much of it was just either a blatant fabrication or a partial fabrication. Now, in terms of style, you know, sure, maybe it was a draw. And Vice President Pence, I mean, his secret sauce is that he can say things like, 
you know, please don't politicize these issues when, of course, the Trump administration, like many administrations, has deeply politicized almost every issue. And he can say it with a straight face and he says it in a really calm way and he sounds rational and he sounds like, you know, your father or your grandfather's Republican Party. Like, there's nothing to see here. There's no reason to be alarmed. I'm, you know, I have a very steady hand on the till. And as you said, Senator Kamala Harris has to basically thread a needle while, you know, dancing on the head of a pin because she's a woman and a woman of color. And so we all know that she can't be too aggressive because then she would be, you know, scary or the B word. And but then she can't be too relaxed because then she will appear like she's not strong enough and she doesn't have enough mastery over the material. And then particularly for her as a prosecutor, I think, you know, she can look lawyerly, but not like an angry lawyer. And it really, it is the case that I think she had a lot more eyes on her and frankly, a lot less kind of wiggle room for air. So for me, it wasn't a draw, but um, again, I do think some people on the left were like, wow, Vice President Pence really came across better than I thought. And my response is exactly what you said. Well, he was a talk radio show host for about a decade. And this has been him all along, which is, you know, the building can be on fire and he could say, yeah, it, it feels a little hot, but no cause for concern. Yeah, I find it very interesting. And I saw this all over the socials last night and through today's news cycle that, you know, a lot of Democrats expected Kamala Harris to come out with both guns blazing. She has experience as a prosecutor. As you said, she's a lawyer. She's a, a good speaker, can think quickly and think quickly on her feet. But we didn't get that kind of performance. But I would caution people to remember that she can't really do that. You know, making those kinds of waves at this point in a, in a delicate campaign, the Biden campaign is up by all measures in almost all of the polls that I've seen. And to come out and rock the boat that terribly much does not help the top of the ticket, which is not going to get that ticket elected. So when I say draw, I'm saying that in a way or I, I'm grading that on a curve, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I do think Harris's best moment came. Uh, she did this more than once. Uh, Mike Pence continually talked over her. He talked over two women last night, both the moderator, uh, who is Susan Page, the USA Today's Washington bureau chief, as well as Harris herself. Multiple times she said, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Now, look, I'm, I'm a dude. I'm a male. And I know full well what it means to hear this from another guy. But I know the look on Kamala Harris's face when she's looking at Mike Pence as she spoke over him. Speak to that, Jessica. You can speak better than I can. <laughs> Well, look, most women have experienced that, if not a few times, maybe even on a weekly basis in a professional environment. And, you know, there's a few kind of old jokes, and they're jokes because there's some truth to it, which is that, you know, a man and a woman are speaking, and the man just kind of bulldozes over her, and she finally says, okay, are you done? Another is that a man and a woman both come up with the same idea, and the people in the room say to the man, genius idea. And then they say to the woman, oh, you were here all along. Oh, fantastic. Now, of course, these are kind of caricatures of what happens. But in a race where President Trump is really hemorrhaging support from women, I'm not sure that it was the best call for Vice President Pence to, again, just kind of railroad over to very prominent women on the stage. It's just not, to me, a great look. And, you know, back to our comment about is it a draw 
If we trust the polls, and it makes me anxious to say that, at this point, things look better for Vice President Biden. And so even if it is a draw, that's a losing situation for the Trump-Pence ticket because they need to do something to really turn this around. But yeah, I mean, you could just see the minute she, you know, Senator Kamala Harris said a version of, I'm speaking, can I finish? I'm in the middle here, um, that so many women can identify with that. And you can almost see it on, you know, the Biden Harris t-shirts on the website. I mean, of course it, it turned out to be something else that showed up on the Biden Harris website in short order, but it, it was a very identifiable moment for a lot of women. Indeed, as we learn, sexism is alive and well in America in 2020, especially the presidential campaign. Another thing I would like to mention, it seems, this is to your point from before, Pence and Trump both continually speak to their base, which is a solid, what, 36, 39 percent, according to uh, presidential approval ratings. But they need to expand that. That's something that uh, Donald Trump did four years ago. He expanded that base to include people who were willing to give a chance to a businessman in that role. This year, we're not so sure about that. It certainly hasn't shown up in the polls. We, you know, we'll see what happens at the ballot box very, very shortly in a matter of weeks. But I have to say we would be remiss if we didn't mention the most memeable moment from last night. The fly that spent every second of two minutes and three seconds perched atop Mike Pence's head in the latter part of the debate. Now, let's be honest, it could have happened to either candidate, but I do hope that the Saturday Night Live writers were watching. Rich, rich comedy territory there. You know, somebody wrote on, as you would say, I was just going to mention that you said the socials because you're such a hip kid these days. Um, Somebody wrote on, I think it was Twitter or Instagram, Um, that fly is the only black friend that Vice President Pence has. And it was just so cutting. And I'm not saying that I agree with the comment. What I'm saying is that it goes to a theme in the campaign, which is this divide between uh, the Republican ticket, which frankly does not have a lot of minority support, and then the Democratic ticket, which relies really, really heavily on minority support. And um, it you know, again, not endorsing the comment, but it just really cuts to the heart of one of the dynamics that's at issue in this election. And, you know, the fly, I mean, I think ultimately the debate is going to be remembered for Vice President Pence, I'm speaking, can I finish? And then the the fly scene around the world. So many memes, Jessica. The socials were alight during the debate itself. (laughs) Black flies matter. I love, love, love that Jeff Goldblum, who played the character Seth Brundle in the remake of The Fly from way back in the 80s, early 90s, whenever that was, he was wrapped up in this before long. I was sad to see that he hadn't tweeted about it, but I'm not sure he has a Twitter account, which makes me sad. So, but here, but the moral of the story is, right, we have these memeable moments, and it was funny, and it brought a bit of levity to a situation which was kind of bogged down in questionable truthiness and sexism and... Uh, trying to tread water to get through the next three weeks and hopefully, you know, for the Biden people thinking they can ride this out through the end. But it's the issues that ultimately matter. And, you know, did we see much in the way of issues? I don't know. Can I just pull back the curtain for our listeners for a second and say how happy I am that you said memeable? Because I don't know if you want to count, but how many times have I said in an interview, mem, and you've had to go back and edit it or cut it because I am the least hip person that essentially anybody has ever met. Imagine a law professor who 
drinks green tea as like main excitement for the day. And now you know why I get a real kick out of the socials and memeable. But Joe, to your point, I don't actually know that it's the issues that matter to the voters. I mean, that's the thing that is so enraging, not about this election, but all elections, because how often have we heard, well, who do you want to have a beer with and who seems likable? And now, of course, there's a little bit of a double standard when it comes to a woman on this likability issue. But I don't know that, you know, if if you were to poll people who watched and said, well, you know, on which issue do you think Harris came out ahead? On which issue do you think Pence came out ahead? I think people are going to talk about the, you know, don't interrupt me, Vice President Pence steamrolling over the moderator and the fly. I suppose I'm projecting, Jessica. Issues matter to me, but perhaps not to the style over substance society in which we have found ourselves mired. They matter to you, they matter to me, and they matter to our listeners, who we are so very grateful for. Joe Armstrong, the show's co-host, thank you for getting on the phone and helping to unpack this totally consequential and completely inconsequential vice presidential debate. You will hear much more on passing judgment about the politics and the law behind the election, the election that could stretch on for quite some time. You can find Joe across the socials on In-Depth Day. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica, the show on Twitter at Pass Judgment Pod, Instagram, Passing Judgment Pod. And we will see you very soon. Thanks, Joe. Hey, Jessica. And remember, everybody, we're going to have Dr. Todd Graham back to talk about what will have happened if there are more debates. And if nothing else, we will describe the two that happened. So as always, everyone, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Tune in again next time on Passing Judgment.